The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. So let's get to our guest this half hour, Lorraine Tan. She is Director of Asia Equity Research at Morningstar. And Lorraine, I just want to start with those latest COVID numbers out of China that Ed was talking about. Another 27,000 new cases reported on Monday. How pivotal is this moment for where COVID policy goes next in China? Yeah, I, I do think that the obviously this is a, a challenge for the the trend and sh- uh, I guess the shift that we saw in policy recently that we're all hoping will continue. I actually don't think that uh, there was going to be anything that changed so far. I don't think there's anything that changes our view that China will shift to a, a living with uh, COVID uh, policy, but that the the, grad- the gradual shift is what we're expecting to see. So we're going to get a lot of these ups and downs. And definitely the uh, hospital infrastructure is lacking in in China still, but we would anticipate the cost that it was uh, beginning to bear onto the economy was is going to become, uh, is also going to be a key uh, issue that the government needs to address. And so on that front, we do expect um, more of, of a gradual opening uh, towards the middle of 2023, but we're going to see a lot of uh, ups and downs over the next uh, six months. How useful is the experience of other countries' exit from COVID policy? Can you apply that to what we're seeing in China? And and what do investors need to take note of when thinking of that? I think China is definitely looking at how uh, uh, other Asian countries have come out of it. Um, You know, we're seeing that relaxation in terms of the um, international travel, for example. Uh, Obviously, because the, the... the virus is endemic, uh, you know, the closing your borders is probably less meaningful at this stage. So that's probably a signal, something that they've taken from other countries. But having, um, but I think the key difference for China is that the, the, the healthcare infrastructure is still not quite, is not in line with, you know, first world countries. That's, and we tend to forget that sometimes. Um, and the other thing, of course, is that the vaccination that's been available uh, domestically is also um, not necessarily as effective as what we've been getting through the mRNA vaccines. Um, so those are two key issues. I think the government is is uh, is obviously uh, taking into consideration. Um, but I think the economic issues are also beginning to weigh. So you're going to get this sort of uh, back and forth over the next uh, few months. And Lorraine, I, I just want to get your view on Chinese equities at the moment. Not been a great year for the Shanghai Composite, off by about mm, just a shade under 14% at the moment. But as this reopening narrative gains steam, yes, there'll probably be bumps in the road. Uh, what's your outlook for the rest of the year and, and the first quarter of 2023? Yeah, so I think things will sort of bump along at the current level. 
Um, I do think that as we, as we, you know, one of the things was, uh, you know, last, uh, you know, 12 months ago, we knew that, uh, well, you know, 2022 was going to be a little bit more challenging because we were coming from a space where we didn't have the discounts to the valuations that we're seeing now. And obviously we were at a, a level whereby the Fed was, you know, starting to raise rates. So heading into 2023, we're a little bit more optimistic. You know, markets are trading at about 25% discount to our fair value estimates. And they were also expecting the, the worst of the, I mean, the, the Fed rate hiking to peak in the probably around the you know the end of first quarter in 2023. So we do think that there's more positives into 2023. So we are hopeful that we're gonna see the, the market sort of continue their uptrend over the next uh, few months as people start to sort of, maybe not um, come in in a big way, but sort of at least recognize that the risks are a little bit less, um, um, you know, significant going forward, and they start to sort of reallocate funds back into equities. When uh, the rest of the world started to reopen, we saw growth come roaring back, but with it, inflation came roaring back as well. Is this a scenario that you you foresee in China? I think chi- I think for China, there um, are a few things. I, uh, I, it's hard to say that inflation is going to be that significant. Um, a lot of the uh, labor issues that force the high inflation rates, let's say in, in Europe or in the States, are probably not going to be as dominant a, a factor in China, for example. So uh, we, and, and on top of that, you know, some of the inputs that are imported, like uh, oil and gas energy costs, um, I think that's determined in part by what's going on with the Ukraine war. So we don't, ex- I really anticipate an increment, you know, so much of an increase in inflation as China reopens. Um, the the other issue, of course, is that real estate has been down. The activity in terms of that uh, element in terms of construction activity has been weak. So we're not seeing that same sort of pressure on uh, building materials uh, activities as well in, in China at the moment. So overall, um, I we don't really, we sort of expect inflation to sort of, um, stay at the historical levels, but to not be exceedingly uh, high. Yeah, you mentioned uh, property, and uh, we've had a couple of guests from Moody's over the past couple of days that have painted a somewhat uh, grim outlook for the property sector in China, support from the government notwithstanding. So uh, just quickly, what's your outlook there? Yeah, we think this is this the whole uh, real estate space in China is going to take a, a couple of years at least to sort of uh, stabilize in that sense. We're expecting to see restructures go on, obviously, for a lot of the private sector developers. At the end of the day, I think, you know, the government is definitely trying to uh, resuscitate the sector right now and bring back some consumer uh, home buyer confidence. I think that's important important to do. Um, but, you know, for their, we shouldn't forget their main impetus, which was to sort of uh, clean up the high debt levels that were uh, prevalent in the sector and some of the practices of shifting um, cash from project one project to another. Mm-hmm. So that I think those main aims don't change. So All we right. should be aware that uh, it's going to take a while. All right, Lorraine Tan, Director of Asia Equity Research at Morningstar. Thanks so much for joining us. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.